We're doing a series since Easter on the um, victor and the prize. And today we're going to carry on in that series with the prize of healing love. But I, I wanted to start off first with a video. And um, if we have that, we can dim the lights. Uh, that'll be great. Thank <laughs> yung sasakyan kong van. Madalas ko siya masasakyan. Kaya ako gusto sa kanya kasi alam ko kay kuya na ingat ako. Okay siya makipag-usap. Hindi yung tinatrato kanyang customer. Trato kanyang kaibigan. Yung kasing guard dito sa condominium namin, boss ang tawag sa kanya. Nakakatawa lang siya. Araw-araw, wala siyang mintis na bumapati sa akin. Meron isang beses galing sa gimikan, tawarang napainom. Hindi ko na alam kung paano pa ako nakaakyat. Siya pala yung nagatid sa akin. So alam mo pangalan niya? times have you felt like God didn't know your name? How many times have you felt like you're just going along living life and God is there and 
you know all about him, but I mean, really doesn't really know your name or your circumstance or how things have changed or, or what's going on. More of us feel that way than probably like to admit. It's one thing to know, you know, God loves you and um, you know all about him and you love him back. But it's another thing to really constantly, every day, tap into the fact that God knows your name. But he knows more than your name. He knows who you are. He knows the good, the bad, and the ugly. And he doesn't just give you a Coke. He gives you constant, undeserving love. And he gives you a love that is healing and powerful and not based on anything that you do. And so today we're going to look at this a little bit more in depth about <clears throat> what this looks like, how do we access this kind of love, and what are the things that can strengthen it, and what are the things that can break it. So I have a little picture of where we're going. We're going around and around and around in circles today. Good circles. We're going to look at how we encounter God, how we experience God's love, and how we can therefore extend his love to others, and it brings us back to encountering God um, yet again. So I want to read some, um, uh, quite a few scriptures today, and you will, the scripture will come up on the screen, but it will be a summarized version that's on the screen. I'll be reading the, the full-length version and all the scriptures that are up there from the New Living Translation. So if you have an NIV or another translation, it may sound slightly different, but the, uh, the meaning is the same. So we look at the first aspect of this cycle of God's love is encountering God. Now, there are many ways to encounter God. Some of them, we willfully put ourselves in a place to encounter it, like today. You've all come here, hopefully, under your own um, will, not twisted uh, to get here. Maybe guilted a little bit, but you know, hopefully most of you are here out of your own will. Um, and your, your decision to come today was to place yourself in an environment where my hope is that you will encounter God. Because if you've come to hear something that I'm going to say that's going to change your life, well, then you might be disappointed. But if you've come to encounter God, that is something that you always have access to. So you've chosen today to put yourself in this place. Our prayer is that you will encounter him and the cycle will start. But there are also times when we've encountered God, and I'm sure many of you in this room have a story, where you really weren't looking for an encounter for God. Because if this cycle of God's love for us always had to start with us putting ourselves in a place to encounter God, 90% of us wouldn't be here today. Because many of us weren't looking for God, or didn't know we were looking for God when we found God. And if we um, look at the woman at the well, I don't, I don't have the scripture up, I'm just going to recite the story. There was this woman who had many husbands, wasn't living a godly life, and was going about her thing, doing her daily thing, went to, to draw water. And at the well, 
encounter Jesus. Now, she was, didn't wake up that morning saying, I'm going to go and encounter God. She just went to do what she was doing, and she met Jesus at the well. She encountered God in such a powerful way. She experienced the healing power of God's love in such a powerful way that she was not expecting and knew she did not deserve, that she then went and said to people, come and hear the man who knows everything I've ever done. And so she got involved in this cycle without even knowing that that was going to happen to her um, that day. So there's many, many different ways um, that we can encounter God. And I'm sure that we would have many, many different stories. I'm also going to say, if you have a story of how you've encountered God in the past or just recently, especially just recently, that you'd like to share with us, we have a box at the back where you can write the story. And also, we'd like to get some of those testimonies on video. So if you would like to uh, share that on video, just make a little note at the bottom of your card, and there will be someone getting in touch with you. But encountering God in a, in a way that we uh, expect it or don't expect it, in ways that we chose to put ourselves into it or we were unaware of the fact that we were going to encounter God, is a pivotal moment in all of our lives. And it starts us in this wonderful cycle um, of encountering, experiencing, and extending God's love um, to other people. So I'm going to start off by reading in Psalm 63. You have a very abbreviated form on your slide. Now I'll read a little more. It says, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I've seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. That's a scripture about that God's unfailing love is, is um, better than life itself. I want to also read from Romans chapter 8. Again, you have an abbreviated version on the screen, but it says in verse 35, can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute, in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither fears for today or worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we've read these scriptures about how God's love is better than life itself and how you can never be separated from God's love, that we can choose to put ourselves in a position to encounter God. God chooses sometimes to break into our lives in ways that we didn't expect. But what happens 
when we experience the healing love of God. Now, this sermon can apply to you wherever you are. If you have known Jesus since the day you were born, this applies to you. If you have received a miraculous physical healing by Jesus, this applies to you. If you've been brought up from the pit of the darkest hell of depression, this applies to you still. If you have never needed to experience that because life has gone reasonably well for you, but you have experienced God in some way, this still applies to you. It doesn't matter where you are in life. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how great your relationship with the Lord has been. It doesn't matter how bad your relationship with the Lord has been or is. Because it really doesn't really have much to do with you. God's love is there and available and has the power to heal despite you. But you do have a role to play in this cycle. God's love is all-powering, all-present, is not based on what you do or don't do. And because the series is the victor and the prize and we're going from Easter through to Pentecost, when Christ died on the cross and he got the keys to hell, he gained the prize of being able to have a love that nothing can separate us from that love. Because of what he did on the cross, he has that love that nothing can separate us and he can bring healing into our lives. Whether he's brought healing in the past or he's going to bring healing in the future, where you are right now, that is available to you. If you choose, and this is where your part comes in, my part comes in, when you choose to accept it. When you choose to acknowledge that Jesus knows you more than by name. He knows your language. He knows how you understand life. He knows if you're an introvert, an extrovert, a musician, a mathematician, an artist. He knows all of those things. And we are in a church that is, uh, has many different nationalities here, many different languages. And there is something, is there not, when someone greets you in your own language. If you're not English-speaking, and you are from another language, uh, another country that speaks another language, and you walk in the door, and somebody turns around and says, For the rest of you, you think, yeah. But if you're Amanda, and her husband and her family, that is their language. If you walk in the door and someone comes up to you and says, Como vai? Forgive the accent, but that's about all I know. But if you are Portuguese speaking, am I not right? Does that not sound a lot better to you than English? There's all kinds of other languages and I won't go down them all because I can't speak them all. But, um, you know, if we as human beings can be so touched because somebody in a commercial knew our name or somebody took the time to learn our heart language and say hello in it, even if that's all you can say, does that not make you feel appreciated? Does that not make you feel worth something? God knows your heart language. 
he knows how you think. He knows what's going to spark your interest in something. He knows what's going to give you strength in something. And he knows what's going to bring you comfort. But you have to choose to receive it from him. You have to choose that when you're in this room today, with whatever is going through your mind right now, because each and every one of us has something going on that's, uh, that you're doing at the same time. I am. I'm thirsty and I'm about to take a drink. So I've been thinking about that for the last few seconds and you haven't known. <laughs> and so all of you have been sitting here thinking, I wonder what ever else is going through your mind. But the Lord knows everything about you. And his desire is for you to encounter him in such a way that there will be healing. Healing from what? Now, some of you are sitting here going, I know exactly what. I have a physical need. I have an emotional need. I have a financial need. But some of us are saying, I don't know. I'm doing pretty good. Mm, life's not perfect. Never is. But, you know, I don't have any major, major pressing issues at this moment in time. But God is saying to us, I'm here right now in this room to speak to each and every one of us because miraculously he can do that all at the same time. And he knows in your heart either what is going on presently or what's going to come down the line for you. You don't know what's coming tomorrow. And the Lord says, let tomorrow worry about itself. But he knows. And he might be preparing you today to do something tomorrow that's going to be wonderful. doesn't have to be a bad thing. But he has got you in this cycle of encountering him, experiencing his love, and then he wants you to extend this love to someone else. So today, he might be putting on your heart right where you are something that he wants you to do, that he wants you to step outside of your comfort zone, that he wants you to remember what he did for you. Remember how he pulled you up when you were down. Remember when he did something that you were so overjoyed, more overjoyed than those people getting a can of Coke. Something that brought real joy in you. And he's saying, will you be my hands to take my healing love to somebody else? And today he's putting that little thought in your head. So he, he's working this cycle in us right now. I'm going to read another uh, scripture from Romans, Romans 5. There's a scripture that none of us really like to read, but we read it nonetheless. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Sometimes I think I'm quite happy with the character I had. I don't need it to be changed anymore, thank you. But um, nonetheless, we are all being changed. And it says, this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us. And the next part is really important. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. So if this ability to encounter God, experience God, and then extend God's grace was dependent on us, how far do you think we would get? Anybody have a family? Right. Anybody love every member of their family equally? 
Okay, should you have one mother and one sister, you might be able to do it. Anything more than that, you might have a little bit of trouble. Anybody ever get irritated with anyone they live with? Anybody ever get irritated with a coworker? Anybody ever get angry with someone who's going 30 miles an hour in a 35 mile an hour zone? You see, you all have an issue with not having enough love. So if you were going to be this great disciple of Jesus who was going to encounter him, experience this life-giving, life-altering experience, and now you were going to be used by him to extend that love to other people, you can't even get from home to your work without having a hissy fit over something that happened. So your great capacity to love just kind of isn't there. But God said, there's hope for you and for me and all of the, you that don't have these issues. There's still hope for you too. Um, because he says here, we know how dearly God loves us. That doesn't change. If we can't love someone else, it does not mean God does not love us. We may not be acting the way he wants us to act. We may not be portraying him to other people, but he still loves you. Because he's given us the Holy Spirit that fills our heart with love. It's not something we need to manufacture. It's something, if we are willing to receive it, and if we are willing to work with the Lord to develop it, it's inside of us. There's another great scripture that I like in um, 1 John um, 4. Again, you have an abbreviated version. I'm going to read a little bit at the beginning. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. Family, co-workers, friends, drivers, teams that beat our teams, whatever. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Oh, but wait, I just contradicted myself, didn't I? Because I said if you don't love God, doesn't matter, God is still going to love you. Oh, but it says if you don't know God, if you don't love, you don't know God because God is love. Oh, that's a bit of a dilemma. Is it not? Well, not really. Because God knows we can't love. And so what he does, further down in the scripture, in verse 17, he said, God is love, which we know. All who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. But here's the important part for us to remember today. As we live in God, our love grows more perfect. It doesn't say we are amazing at extending God's love. It doesn't say we are all powerful and can love everyone all the time, no matter what. Only God can do that. But here it says from the scripture before that the Holy Spirit puts God's love in us. But here it says, thankfully, as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So there is hope for me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Because if that wasn't the case, we'd be kind of stuck. We run out of it. Sometimes we run out of love for ourselves. And the funny thing happens when you have to prepare a sermon or a talk or anything. Um, you kind of get hit with it first yourself. 
you're going through it and you're thinking about all of this and of course things come to your mind. And that uh, happens to me every time and happened to me this morning at 4 o'clock because I'm still jet lagged and still waking up um, in the middle of the night. And I was thinking about some things in, in the past that I've done and bad decisions I made and things that I shouldn't have said. And, um, and that's, that's hard. I'm sure all of you have something that when you think about it, you just cringe inside. Some things nobody knows about, but you know about them, and they still plague you. And at that moment, it's hard to have love for yourself. It's hard to accept that God can love you despite those things, especially the ones nobody knows about. You may have had an opportunity to fix something you've done. You maybe had an opportunity to go and ask forgiveness for something that you've done. And God has helped you with the healing power of his love to overcome those things. But the things that nobody knows about, you haven't had a chance to resolve. The things that have been done to you that no one knows about, the things that you've done to others that nobody knows about, those are the things that are harder but those are the things where God knows your name and more. He knows your language. He knows your nightmares. He knows your guilt. And he knows what brings you joy. And so in the cycle that we have of we encounter God, we experience God, and we're going to extend his love, thankfully, our love grows more perfect the more we choose to be in the presence of God. And the more our, our love is more perfect, the more we're able to keep the cycle going. So if you look again, encountering God, experiencing God, extending his love, all these scriptures we've read, these are ways that we can enhance this. These are ways that we can keep this going. When we run out, when we're feeling pretty darn prickly, when we're just too tired, when we don't have anything else to give, when we really don't want to make that phone call because you really can't hear another thing that's wrong again. That's when we need to have a little wake-up call, your little cell phone, iPhone, watch, whatever gizmo gadget you have that gives you this little alarm that goes off in our head and says, now is the time to find a way to encounter God. Now is a time to put your play, yourself in God's presence because in his presence is the healing power of his love which will help you where you are. He already knows it. You need to be there. You need to get there. You need to experience it. And he will fill you up by the Holy Spirit and then you'll be able to extend love to someone else. If you keep doing this by yourself and you don't encounter each part of this cycle, you will run dry. But what are some of the things that can break the cycle? Why is it that we don't live in nirvana? Why is it that we don't all love each other wonderfully? And we're not always smiling. There are many things that can detract us from entering into the presence of God the way that he asked us to. One of them is fear. What if? Anybody have any issues with what if? What if I don't wake up in the morning? What if my car doesn't start? What if my husband doesn't like me? What if they don't like 
color of my hair. I mean, there's a million little trivial things and major things that what-ifs bring into our lives. And a lot of us choose to live in the what-ifs. And that can break the cycle because living in what-if, 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 God is saying, come. Come. Sit. And give it to me. All the what-ifs. Lay them down. Let me encourage you. I know your name. I know more than your name. I know about tomorrow. Don't worry about the what-ifs. Let me fill you up so that whatever comes, you have the strength to face it. So the fear of what if, the fear of um, I am not, I'm not lovable, which we know according to the scripture is not true, but in our heads we say nobody can love us. We don't have time. We're too busy, and it's not always a bad thing. We have things to do. We, we have responsibilities and work and children and life and church. Sometimes church can do it to you. You're too busy at church. That's the problem. We're just too hurried. We're just too busy. We're just too angry. We're just too self-centered. We're just too complacent. We're happy with what we have. I'm not sad. I'm not angry. I'm not depressed. I love God. He loves me. Okay. How boring. How boring. You should be able to think of whatever God can use you in. Every single aspect of your life, your children's lives, your family life, your work life, your social life, your sports life, whatever. God isn't in complacency. He didn't die on the cross to give you a boring, humdrum life. He wants you to have life, and he wants you to have it more abundantly, but you're not going to get it if you're just content with mediocre. You can go to the Lord and say, use me. Do something. Rock my boat. Put me out of my comfort zone. Give me something. You know, I have a friend who is uh, retired. I won't give her age or her name away. But um, she, she's always been a very outgoing, funny person. Uh, her husband died many, many years ago. Her kids are grown, and she's retired. And she was home one day, and she's like, okay, she wasn't unhappy. She wasn't too complacent, but life was just going along good. And she said to the Lord, Lord, there's got to be more. What do you want me to do? And, you know, she's gotten involved with HLI up in Maine to such a degree that her life is just overflowing. I mean, there's not one person up there who doesn't know her, love her, appreciate everything, the quirkiness God has given her, her sense of humor, her ability to love. And she's not a young woman. She's not ancient. You know, she'll kill me if I were to say that. But, you know, she's retired. She's not got the responsibilities she used to have. And life is not over, people. And it doesn't matter if you've got young kids, doesn't matter if you're single, doesn't matter if you're out of work, doesn't matter if you've got too much work. God can always bring something new into your life. There's no need to be complacent, but you've got to keep going to him. And the desire is what he puts in our heart. Now, sometimes we have thoughts and dreams of what we should have, and they don't come to be. But if we go to the Lord and say, what, use me, scary term, because you don't know how you will, there will never be a time when you will be complacent. You may be running back because you're nervous, uh, but you will not be complacent. That's for sure. 
So today is uh, Communion Sunday, the first Sunday of the month. And I thought it's very appropriate to be talking about the healing power of love on Communion Sunday. Because we're talking about the, um, the victor and the prize since Easter towards Pentecost, that Jesus died on the cross, which we celebrated a few weeks ago, and today is a day to remember that again. So I'm going to read out of uh, Corinthians a scripture about the Lord's Supper. And it says here, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. This is my body, which is for you. You, I'm adding this in, whose name I know, whose language I speak. Do this in remembrance of me. And I'm adding in today. Do this in remembrance of what God has done for you today. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So today in communion, we are going to proclaim the Lord's death. But that death gave him the keys, which gave him victory over death, which allows him to have a love from which you can never, ever be separated. You can choose to ignore. You can choose to turn your back on. But it will always be there. And so I want to, if the worship team will come up, I want to transition into that time by encouraging you um, before or after you take communion to think about what I've said today. I know that I know that I know that I know that God has been speaking to all of you because without fail, that is his heart. And there are things that he's put in your mind. We have a little bit of time before you have to pick up your kids. Um, and so we have time to sit quietly before or after you take communion. And to really think about the fact that you are choosing today to put yourself in a position to encounter God to experience if you're willing to open your heart, to bring the healing for whatever it is that is in your mind that he's brought to mind, and that he will ask you to extend this love to someone else. So let's pray together. Lord, I thank you that you are here. You have been here. That your presence is what sustains us. I thank you that there is nothing that can separate us from you. And I thank you that your heart is to love us, to strengthen us, to heal us, to use us to love others. I pray that today would be a turning point in all of our lives. That in ways that we have begun to ignore the need for your love, to ignore receiving your love, you would prompt us today to return, 
to open our eyes, to open our hearts, to open our minds, to receive what you're constantly, constantly, constantly offering. Lord, as we break bread, as we take communion, drink the bread, and, and remember, I mean, drink the wine, the bread, remember what you did for us. I pray that it would be a transforming hour in our lives. In Jesus' name. Ephesians 3.16 says this. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. I'm going to read this again. I want you to close your eyes if you can and just allow this to sink in. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. May you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power to work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. I would invite you to come forward if there's something that has struck you today that you feel you need more prayer for. Or you just want to sit quietly and ponder what God has done. I'd encourage you to do that. Our service is over, so if you are leaving, please go out into the lobby, say some hello to someone you haven't uh, met, have some coffee. But if you're going to stay here in the sanctuary and you need some quiet time, I would encourage you to come forward. You'll be less interrupted by those leaving at the back. And our prayer team will be up front. They will have a name tag on them around their neck so that you know these are safe people. These are people you can trust. Um, they will pray for you. 
You can tell them as little or as much as you choose to. But don't leave today if God has been tugging at your heart for whatever reason. I would pray that you would take the time to come before him um, and do that. So, Lord, we just pray now that you would bless each and every person as they leave. That we would be made more and more aware of your love for us today and in the weeks to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.